Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Welcome to Devotions with Dr. Papa. Well, gather around, and I would like to share a verse of Scripture from the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And let's listen to what the psalmist has to say. Why are the nations in an uproar, and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. May the Lord add his blessing to this reading from the Word of God. Now let me ask you, why is it that these kings of the earth are in an uproar? And why are they devising vain devices? Why do they entertain vain thinking? And why are they in rebellion against the true king? Well, I would submit to you that it all flows out of their presuppositions. Well, let's back up a minute. What exactly are presuppositions? Well, a a presupposition is a belief with which one approaches life. All of us are born with natural minds, unregenerate minds, and they automatically default to the traditions of men and the elementary principles of this world. So says Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. And in fact, Paul warned the folks in the Colossians church that they should avoid the tradition of men and the elementary principles of the world. And you see, out of that mindset flows the thinking that this life, is all that there is, and there is no God, and that there is no day of accountability. And we all know people who think that way. They think that there is no God. They think that this life is all that there is, and that there's no day of judgment, no day of accountability. Men who are darkened in their understanding, that means they have no spiritual insight, default to this way of thinking, and their lifestyle confirms it. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible talks about that man. Uh, let Let me turn to that Ephesians verse very quickly. And it says, and this is talking about you and me before we were born again into the kingdom of God. Paul is talking to the Ephesians, and he's telling them what they were like once upon a time. And he says, you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, 
according to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, that's the lost people that are all around us, among them, we too, that's talking about you and me, all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as all the rest. You see, that's a perfect description of who you and I were at one time before we were transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. And the practical outworking of that mindset, that way of thinking, the presupposition that we all possessed when we were darkened in our understanding, when we walked according to the course of this world, according to the elementary principles of this world, when we walked according to the prince of the power of the air, to whom we were once enslaved, according to the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, our presupposition was that there is no God and that there is no day of accountability. It all flows out of that presupposition. For example, go back to Psalms chapter 94. And the psalmist talks about those folks that have that presupposition. Psalms 94 verse 4 says, They pour forth words. They speak arrogantly. All who do wickedness vaunt themselves. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the orphans. They have said, The Lord does not see, nor does the God of Jacob pay heed. You see, there are folks who are just like that. They think that there is no God and that He does not see and that they anticipate there's no day of adjudication, a day of judgment. And what is the basis for that belief? Well, there is no basis. They accept that by faith. There is no evidence that there is no God. It is merely speculation that there is no God. And so by faith, they accept the presupposition that there is no God, that He is not there, that he cannot see, and that there is no day of accountability. Now, let me point something out to all of us. Out of our presuppositions flow our perspective, our worldview, the way we look at time and eternity. Our perspective dictates whether or not we have a temporal worldview or an eternal worldview. More than that, out of our perspective flows our purpose in life. For Christian folks, we understand that our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's a phrase from the Westminster Lesser Catechism. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's your and my purpose in life. And that flows out of our perspective, which is an eternal perspective. That itself flows out of our presupposition. 
More than that, out of your purpose flows your priorities. I develop my priorities from knowing that my purpose in life is to glorify God. Well, by extension, my practice flows out of my priorities. And my practice is determined and dictated by my priorities. All right, now keeping all of that in mind, think about this. Once we are born again, everything changes. The Bible says that you become a new creation, a new creature. You're no longer a natural man. You are now a spiritual man. And you now possess the mind of Christ. And your presuppositions in life suddenly change. You begin to think differently. You begin to look at life differently. Psalms 86 verses 8 through 10 sums up the new perspective in life that we suddenly possess. And it says this, There's no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. Now that's diametrically opposed to the thinking of the natural man who says there is no God and that he does not see and that there's no day of judgment. You see, this presupposition only comes to you and me supernaturally. God imparts to us the ability to understand that there is a God, that He is there, and that there is a day of accountability. Now, pay attention. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 3 and verse 6, the Bible explains to you and me the presupposition position that Christians possess. Look at Look at this, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. The Bible says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. How do you understand that? We understand that by faith. And where does faith come from? Well, it's a gift from God. And listen to verse 6. And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, that's a presupposition. That's a position that you and I arrive at by faith. Now, go back to what I said in the beginning. The man who is atheistic and who presupposes that there is no God, he arrives at that position by faith. He has no evidence for that position. He just arrives at that belief by faith. Well, you and I presuppose that there is a God and that He has revealed Himself to man and that He is a rewarder of those who trust in Him. And that verse, verse 6, starts with the word without faith. It is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You see, the presupposition that we possess as Christian folks is also based on faith. 
And by faith, we believe that God is and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. So what is the basis for this faith? Well, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2 tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, and for it the men of old gained approval. And you see, the basis for everything that we believe was delivered to us by the visions that God gave to the men of old, the prophets, their dreams, the prophetic utterance of the of the prophets. We, we call that the revelation. It's the written word of God. And then there's also the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the living word. And then, of course, there's general revelation in the creation around us. The Bible tells us that the firmament, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows forth His handiwork, Psalms 19.1. So we have the written word, the living word, and the creation. And all of these tells us information about who God is. And it's the basis for our faith in God. Francis Schaeffer in his book said, God is there and He is not silent. God is there and He is not silent. Everything that you and I think flows out of our presuppositions, and it shapes my perspective on who God is, who we are, and where we come from, why we are here on this planet, and where we are going ultimately, and how we should relate to one another. Now, let me conclude by saying this. There are logical implications of accepting the presupposition that an infinite and personal God exists and has revealed Himself in Christ and in the Scriptures. Number one, most important, life is about Him and not about us. In Colossians 1 and verse 16, Paul told the Colossian church, all things have been created by Him and for Him. You and I accept that intellectually but we live our lives in a discordant sort of way. Now, that's just a polite way of saying that we live our lives hypocritically. You see, we in our minds, we accept the fact that all things have been created by Him and for Him, but yet we ignore that in our daily lives, in our actual practice. We think that God exists to serve us rather than our reason for existing is to glorify God by serving Him and by serving others. All through Scripture, we hear God speaking clearly and saying, I am the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, and you are not. Number two, since we were created for relationship with Him, we have no higher purpose than to grow in the knowledge of God by studying His Word and to become increasingly like Him. If you remember, the Westminster Lesser Catechism says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. We should grow in our relationship with Him and become increasingly like Him. The third implication is this. Since the Bible was inspired by the living God, it would be wise 
to study and apply the principles of God's Word in our daily lives. It makes sense that I would invest my life in that which would net for me eternal dividends. I should invest my life in the souls of men and in the Word of God. Number four, we still live in this world. We can expect to be influenced by this world and by our lower nature desires. We are, well, let me put it this way. Just like Psalms chapter 1 says, you and I rage and imagine vain things, just as Psalms 1 declares. There's always tension between worldly thinking and biblical thinking. Obedience on my part flows out of trust. We will obey either the desires and devices of our own hearts, or we will obey the word of Him who made us, loves us, and redeems us. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25, 24 to 27, there's a very interesting passage that talks about Moses. And it says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now listen, Moses was the prince of Egypt. He was destined for the throne. He was wealthy. He was educated. He had a position of influence. He lived in a pagan, secular hedonistic society. And yet the Bible says that he chose rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. That is an amazing passage of Scripture. His presupposition produced a perspective, a worldview, a focus on life that was eternal, not temporal. He rejected worldly pleasures to obey God. Why would he do that? You see, he was looking to the reward. Now listen, our choices in life reflect our priorities, our values. And our values reflect our identity, who we are in Christ. Are you God's man? Are you God's woman? Are you a kingdom man? Are you a kingdom woman? You see, your values reflect who you are in Christ. And you see, Moses considered. He counted the cost. He carefully weighed the alternatives. And then he was looking to the reward. That's his perspective. You see, he had that perspective that grew out of his presupposition. How does all of this happen? You see, Moses had a presupposition. He believed that God is and that God is a rewarder of those that seek Him. What about you, brother and sister? What is your presupposition? And what is it founded upon? And how does it affect your outlook, your viewpoint of life? Those are ultimate questions that we all have to deal with. Why do the heathen rage? 
And why do they imagine vain things? You see, it all goes back to their presupposition in life. Why do you and I praise God? Why do we trust in God? Why do we reject the temporal values of this life and choose rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin? You see, it's because we're looking to the reward. May God add His blessing to this reading from the Word of God. And if you like what you hear, I pray that, pray that you would like it, share it, or follow. Pray that you would talk to your friends about the devotions with Dr. Papa. And I pray now that the Lord would bless you real good. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, Go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.